All right. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Corporatepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Tarver, JT, a.k.a. The Corporatepreneur. And we got a very, very special guest today. All right. So we, we got a gentleman by the name of uh, Rakim Sabri. And I've been following this dude for a couple months now. Man, he is legit, right? And I, I really uh, respect his story and appreciate his journey. It's similar to mine. You know, someone who works in corporate America, had the experiences there, also has experience in entrepreneurship, the financial literacy space. So it was only fitting that we bring him on the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Rakim Sabri. All right. So, uh, yeah, the warm welcome. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, uh, so just diving right in, man. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Rakim Sabri? A little bit about your backstory, man. Yeah. Uh, Rakim Sabri today. Uh, I'm a TED speaker. Um, I'm a multiple, multiple time author. I am passionate about all things personal finance. So, um, you know, I write on the topic, I create content on the topic, I speak on the topic, I coach and consult on the topic. And more than personal finance, I think um, niche down into financial empowerment and difference between knowing what to do and feeling empowered to do it, right? Mm. There's a lot of people who know that they should be budgeting, that they should be saving, that they should be investing and building credit. But what is that thing that stops them from doing it? And so I focus on that space uh, because there's a lot of people out there who talk about financial literacy and, you know, the how to's. But um, there's still a lot of people who have that information and, and, and aren't using it. So Absolutely. I've developed um, a brand around financial empowerment specifically. And, you know, I think the future um, empowerment in general. So outside of the realm of finance will be kind of the space that I we'll say dominate, but um, I'm 31 years old. I started working in banking in corporate America at 21. Uh, I stopped working in banking and corporate at 31. Right. <laughs> in your stint. And uh, I, um, I really enjoy how you um, have merged the words entrepreneur and corporate, like corporatepreneur. I had, um, I had referred to myself prior to leaving corporate America as a hybrid entrepreneur and really, essentially, we're saying the same thing, right? Yeah. You yeah. work your nine to five, and then from five to 10 or five to 12 or five to whatever, you're working on your own business. And I think that that's so crucial to, um, like, like you know, we talked about entrepreneurship saving you and, and, and uh, corporate making you. And as I kind of unpack corporate trauma and what um, the experience of the negative experience and the positive experience that I had in the corporate America, I'm starting to realize that I want to determine who I am. Like, I want to figure out, like, who is mm, Rocky Free outside of this corporate identity? Yeah. And then um, who do I want to be, right? Because I'm in a, I'm a position of power right now where I get to I get to kind of dictate what the narrative is. So certainly pulling from a lot of the, uh, the skill sets, a lot of the um, experience and competencies and structure that I've learned in a corporate environment. Yeah. And being able to use those things for me to kind of propel my brand forward and, and, and certainly reinforce the aspects of entrepreneurship that many people may not have if they didn't have that exposure. Absolutely. And man, and I appreciate that, that intro and, 
you said a lot, bro. You touched on a lot of things, man. Um, one of the things you touched on, and we'll come back to this later, but I want to make sure I got it down here. Uh, you, you said that there are a lot of people who uh, touch on personal finance, the financial literacy piece, right? Um, the how to's, but for some reason, a lot of us, we still don't, you know, get it. We still don't do it. Right. You know, you think about, and it's funny, you mentioned, I was actually thinking of a similar scenario just about America, right? You know, we talk about obesity being overweight, overweight. Everyone had gym class at some point. We all had to do sit-ups, had to run a mile. You had, you know, but we're, we're still overweight, right? So just thinking about what are some of the things that are getting in the way of people actually executing on what they're supposed to do financially. We're going to come back to that, right? You don't have to answer that yet. I'm just recapping. Um, and then also, man, uh, you talked about, um, man, just kind of discovering, you know, who you are, like finding yourself outside of, you know, corporate America. And dude, like that's powerful to me because I think about um, my early experiences in corporate America and I had mentors who told me, man, you got to play the game. It's like you're playing a character, you're playing a role. And you hear actors, man, I got caught up in this role. And, you know, and so I, I, I too have felt like, man, like, like, who am I at different moments? Right. You know, um, so we can come back to that as well. And then um, the last thing you touched on, man, um, about working in corporate America, which I think is probably one of the, the best benefits to me. Um, you have the opportunity to see how a multimillion billion, billion dollar company is run. Right from systems, processes, procedures. And you can then take those same things that you learned or that you did for a company and you could essentially do them for yourself, right? You know, it's it's the paid training, right? That could set you up for entrepreneurship. Um, so anyway, all right. So those are just kind of three points, man. So um, I want to go back to uh, the first part, man. So talk to me a little bit about from what you've seen and dealing with clients and talking to people, man. What do you feel is kind of getting in people's way from them executing on, you know, saving, budgeting, like investing? Yeah, so I um I focus on maybe three or four things: guilt, anxiety, fear, and um, you know, this limiting mindset. Gotcha. And those things I I think the resolution to solving those issues or those barriers is empowerment, right? So understanding, first of all, as an audit of your experiences, why are you feeling guilty? Mm. Why are you feeling anxiety? Why are you, um, why are you fearful? Mm. What are you fearful of, right? I think fear has a bad, fear is a bad word. It has a negative connotation for a lot of people. Um, and then there's this like desire to, um, present as being fearless right and, and there's right. no such thing as fearlessness um i learned some years ago that you know courage is not the absence of fear but the willingness to move forward in spite of right and so <laughs> and so um you know this idea that we have to that we have to be fearless is is an illusion but when you look at it from a personal finance perspective, or even from a wealth building and a generational wealth building perspective, I think there are a lot of people who are fearful of the things that we should be excited about, right? They're fearful mm -hmm. of success. They're fearful of, you know, what next? They're fearful of having something that they didn't have access to. Yeah. And it's such a, uh, because we don't acknowledge fear head on, it's such a distant kind of realization, right? 
you're mm-hmm. fearful of you become multimillionaire all of these people showing up with their hand out right I am fearful of that, right? I could talk about that right now. <laughs> if, if I was to stumble into, you know, multi-millions of dollars, I, I, I won't even use an abstract example. I'll use a real life example. I wrote an article for a business insider about quitting my job and it went viral. And um, then I published an article for Entrepreneur about the same thing. And um, most recently, yesterday, I published an article for a CEO World Magazine but people seeing me publish all these articles, they're saying, you know, Google has a knowledge panel for me now. And they're like, oh shoot, like this guy is moving and shaking, right? And at the same time, now people are trying to leverage that success. Okay. And I don't, I don't think of it as a bad thing, but I'm conscious of it, right? People are trying to leverage that success to say, how can I use Rakim to my benefit, right? Mm. I wanna know how he did that thing. I wanna know how he got in front of this audience. I wanna yeah. know how he got in this space. And so the notoriety that comes with, you know, this branding attracts a lot of people who may have good intentions, may not have good intentions. And um, I made a tweet uh, maybe two days ago that said, you know, I'm not where I am by accident, right? I've invested, I think I I wrote, you know, close to $15,000 in the last two years Mm. on personal development, right? Like, I better be doing the things that I'm doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I, and people don't see that, right? Because they don't right. see, you know, my bank account. They don't see where I swipe my credit card. They don't see the work that's being done behind the scenes. And so on the one hand, it's like, man, like you got balls on you to come to me and ask me to give you everything that I just paid all this money for. But at the same time, people are looking for a way out. And yeah. so yeah. for me, the fear is what are all of these relationships intent right people are reaching out to me to build relationships do they have genuine desire to build a relationship with me or do they see what it is that i can do for them but do i let that fear stop me from having relationships with people no right and so you face you face fear and you use fear as an ally to propel you forward and um you know if the fear of success that's an example of fear of success right they're worried about all of the things that could come with them accomplishing what it is they want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, the fear of failure is another big one. But a lot of times people let fear stop them from even making a decision to move in the first place. Like you can't even fail because you don't even try because you're afraid. Um, anxiety, you know, people hear the term money, budget, credit, credit report, credit score, and they get anxious, right? Yeah. Because they don't know any better. <laughs> right. Um, guilt. Right. Like, how dare I spend money on a massage when I need to, you know, pay this credit card bill. Right. How dare I. And, and, and this, that's not to say that people should make irresponsible decisions, right. but it's to say that we get up every day and we go do something right where most of us are trading our time for money. Right. We go do something and then we get this money and then we go spend that money on the expenses of living life instead of finding ways to spend money and be disciplined around the collection of assets, right? How dare, so let me give a more realistic example. How dare I spend money buying Apple stock when I have this credit card bill due, right? Right, right. And so, um, you know, people, people will spend their money how they choose to spend their money. And I think that definitely there's a balance that's needed to be struck. Um, but the guilt piece also makes people feel unfulfilled. It makes people feel like 
oh, this is boring. Oh, this is tedious. Oh, this is too much. And then what do they do on the other end of it, right? They splurge, right? Splurge. They go on vacation. They go to, um, you know, wherever, Dubai. They go to Tulum. They go to Miami, you know? And so it's just like, you're stuck in this, like, do I do the right thing financially or do I YOLO it, right? You right. know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are dying around us. People are getting sick haven't you know been stuck in the house all year like i want to go out and live my life and i think you know you can do that responsibly but we have to remove guilt from the equation and so i i focus on teaching people how to like i said audit those feelings and then come up with solutions around overcoming or embracing those feelings so that they can make the best financial decisions for themselves absolutely awesome bro awesome i um I want to transition a little bit, man. You, you, you mentioned you spent 15K on personal development. And I want to tie this into uh, the discovery piece that you kind of touched on earlier, right? So what prompted you, I guess, to, you know, really tap in and go on this personal development journey, this journey of, you know, discovery? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I can't pinpoint a prompt, right? Because I've always been somebody who's been self-aware, at least. That's what I think, right? That's what you think. Um, right? <laughs> and I think what what corporate does, and I know it's kind of going a different direction, but um, what corporate does is it teaches you how to compartmentalize, mm. uh, particularly Absolutely. black men. It teaches you how to compartmentalize aspects of who you are into um, aspects of who you need to be in that to space. Be. And so um, I've always been self aware as an individual, right? I've always focused on personal development, spiritual growth, um, you know, just being better each day. Um, so those, you know, I, I read self-help books, like that's my go-to genre. I write self-help books, like um, that's just who I am. When we talk about investing in yourself, like spending those kinds of dollars on yeah. propelling yourself or your business forward. Well, you know, I think, that is breaking away from the scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. um, that's embracing abundance. That's saying, okay, somebody can teach me this thing in six hours or less or more um, that I don't have to spend two years trying to figure out. Right. I don't have to run around right. in circles, right? And so people often don't recognize the, the time value of money, right? I'm spending $15,000 cumulatively, cumulatively and not in all in one place, right. but tapping on the experience and the expertise of different people who've done the thing that I'm trying to do. Absolutely. Now I don't have to waste time and a lack of money and trying to figure out how to make that thing happen. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and I've got uh, another question uh, going down here. And um, we, we talked about this briefly kind of before we, we started. Um, you talk about the structure, right, of corporate America and being who, you know, that they want you to be. And I was expressing that, man, I agree with that, you know, a thousand percent. It, it's like a, a character in a movie, a role. You know, you hear actors say, man, I was lost in the role. You know, like I was, it's, man, we stopped shooting two weeks ago, but I'm still in character, you know? And um I think part of even, you know, listening to you and even part of, you know, my journey as well um, for my own personal discovery, right. You know, saying that, Hey, you know, well, corporate America made me, but entrepreneurship saved me. It gave me that opportunity to 
really be myself to express myself right you know there's a certain personality you got to have in corporate america there's certain things you can't say when you're in the room you know it's maybe certain jokes or hand gestures right you know so although those experiences made me to be you know this other person for the sake of business right you know really pushing myself in entrepreneurship to find that outlet and even just listening to you personal development piece, the discovery piece, man, that that's, it's so important, right? So for other people listening, you know, let's say maybe you are in corporate America right now and you, you're feeling like, man, I, you need that, uh, uh-oh, somebody's here, uh, that level of, uh, you know, discovery, like, man, just, I encourage you to get out there, try something, do something different, you know, personal development, whether it, it's books or programs or mentorships, it is so necessary and you just need it, right? I just want to put that out there. You just absolutely need it um now you touched on uh and i, and I know i sent you some questions man but we just kind of got flowing and you know you yeah. told me about your story your experience so um i, I do i did want to put this question out there man um you mentioned that you have several publications right so you're an author um you have a book out right it's uh financially irresponsible is that correct that's right. Gotcha. Uh, is it on Amazon? I think I've seen it on, on yeah. It is on Amazon. It's on Amazon. So you all can definitely go check that. I got to get my copy. I haven't supported yet, but I will. Um, and then you also have several other publications that you mentioned. You're a TEDx speaker, right? Um, so if someone's listening, right, you know, um, and they, they want to be, become an author, that they have uh, bodies of work that they desire to, to get published, uh, are there some tips or any advice that you can offer somebody so that way they can set themselves up um to transition into those arenas as well yeah i think you know from what i've observed that the the point where people kind of stop right the wall if you will that they run into is their own self right they're mm -hmm. afraid of putting themselves out there and so um you know amazon in particular makes it very easy for anybody to publish right you you upload a manuscript, you upload a, a cover image and you go. Um, but I think, you know, there's the imposter syndrome that people struggle with and saying like, am I good enough? Is somebody going to read it? Is somebody going to buy it? Um, well, let me make it free. Let me make it a dollar. Let me make it $5. And then, um, you know, you think about, well, what is the cost of printing this book? Right. Um, it costs, I think, uh, just under $3 for Amazon to print one of my books. So if I made my book $1, I'd be losing money right. every time Amazon print one, right? Um, and Amazon takes a royalty as well for each version of the book that's published. Um, so I think people need to, you know, go going back to the topic of personal development, self-discovery, um, imposter syndrome, overcome themselves, overcome like the fear of success, right? The fear yeah. of failure and just put themselves out there even if nobody buys it like so what you're still a published author right um i've seen i i bought a book over amazon it was um about elon musk and his story and i thought that it was like some polished published book right and then i got it and i started reading it and i'm saying like this person who wrote this book they're primary language was obviously not English. Okay. There were all kinds of grammar issues. It was just like really terrible. And so I thought about, this was in between my first book and my second book. I thought about, well, what was the thing that made me buy this book, right? Um, obviously the cover design, obviously the title, like it was about Elon Musk. I was interested in learning more about him, right. but it wasn't 
the content, obviously, because I didn't even go as far as to look to see if words were spelled correctly, if grammar, you know, made sense, if it sounded like an English, you know, native speaker wrote this book. And I was so mad that I spent the money on it. And I was so mad that, you know, basically, like, I felt like I got tricked. But at the same time, it was a learning experience for me because I was like, man, I just bought this book. How many other people bought this book like me? on Elon Musk, who, you know, he's a superstar right now. A bunch of people want to know about him. Right. And how, you know, how is this person cashing out, regardless of whatever the issues were that they had in, um, you know, delivering that content. So, like I said, I think a lot of people need to get over the imposter syndrome. It's not easy to get over, but it's necessary. Put yourself out there. Get criticized, right? I, ha- I have had several people tear my book and uh, tear my book up, like, Mm. figuratively of course right. <laughs> one person said that all of the quotes in my book were um my own quotes and wow. that it made it sound like I was um like basically full of myself and the concepts that I discussed were um irresponsible and dangerous and wow. I mean this person wrote a whole essay and I felt really bad about it but then I was just like man I have over hundred. I think at this point I have 127 reviews on Amazon. Awesome. Most of them are five and four star. Most of them are five star, but five and four star. And I'm like, that one person had a bad day and read my book based off of an article that I published right. and decided that they wanted to go in on whatever they could dissect about this book that they didn't like. But at the same time, like, what is that doing for me? Like nothing. Like, okay, you bought my book. You you spent the money already. You're going right, to write a right. review. Yeah. Now go tell everybody how terrible it is so that they can go buy it themselves. So <laughs> Correct. Like, yeah. It's those kind of things. Having confidence in yourself is, I think, so key. Um, in terms of the technical side, um, I mean, it's definitely a skill set, right? Like mm-hmm. writing is a skill set. Writing in a cohesive way is a skill set. Absolutely. Um, speaking is a skill set. All of those things. Um, but really, like the the secret sauce to my success is that there's no secret, right? I just believe in myself. I'm very confident in who Rakim is and what Rakim can, can accomplish. So if, you know, Ted is an opportunity, like I'm gonna throw my hat in there, right? Yeah. They say, the worst they could do is say no. Right. They say yes though, like that's a life-changing experience. That was a life-changing experience. Mm. Um, you know, I'm pitching, pitching different publications. Worst they could do is say no or not respond, but what happens when they do respond, right? I was pitching Business Insider for almost a year before mm. I got a response. Wow. And then I got a response on, on, you know, on quitting my job and then that article went viral, right? Mm. And then building off of the momentum from that, I think that's another thing that people need to realize, the momentum, like you can't let it die out. So building off the momentum of that article, I wrote an article for Entrepreneur about how I went viral and that article went viral. Gotcha. Not only that, but I was, I was, um, I was featured as a featured contributor on their homepage. Okay. So it's just like, you know, building on the momentum, you know, finding a niche, being true to yourself, being authentic, right? I think a lot of people want to dabble in a lot of different pots that is really not their space mm. um, because everybody else is doing it, right? Yeah. Could I go into um, talking about credit repair? Sure, right? Like I've experienced 800 credit score. I've experienced 830 credit score, right? Right. And, and according but, to one video... <laughs> They said you had a 400, right? That one guy. Yeah, this guy, I don't know where I don't know where he got that from. My credit score has never been below like a 630 or anything like that. He's like 400. Like, what? 
but it's just like you know i could use all those things to my advantage and um i've seen on social media right now like tony the closer is going in on people who are charging like crazy money to credit repair (laughs) and i'm just like i get it i get you know assigning a, a, a monetary value for your time and your effort especially if you're doing the work for somebody else but at the same time like i also don't agree with raping your own people financially right for something that they could go learn for free yeah absolutely um and i mean credit repair three you know i think he was saying the range was like three to five thousand dollars like what yeah that was was a lot (laughs) that's pretty that's coaching prices for me like you're getting eight to twelve weeks of my time for that amount of you know for that amount of money and you're getting a very personalized solution based off of my experience you're not getting like, okay, give me your social, give me your credit report. You know, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the process looks like, right? But I can certainly brand myself as saying, oh, you know, I'm a credit expert. I've had an 830 credit score. I walked into a car dealership and bought a new car with no money down. Like all, all true stories, right? Yeah. I, I write for Entrepreneur, I write for Ted. I, write, I mean, I spoke at Ted, I write for Business Insider. Like, here's all the credibility, give me your money. Right. But then it's just like, am I being authentic? Like, what's this mission about? And so whereas I think it's important for us to, again, be confident in ourselves, put ourselves out there, learn to monetize our skill sets, monetize our skill sets, you know, more than learning it, but actually doing it. I think it's also important to be authentic. Like, that's not me. I'm not here to take advantage of people. I'm here to empower people. Like, that's the antithesis to what my mission is. And so um, I, I think there's just there's a lot. People need to hone in, focus on what they're talking, you know, focus on, you know, what their mission is. And then from there, I mean, there's so much, um, there's so much that you can do to build on that, right? Like, I could talk, I could talk on anybody's podcast and relate any topic back to some kind of financial thing, right? I could talk about politics and relate it back to finance. I could talk about education and relate it back to finance. I could talk about mental health and relate it back to finance. Like, that's mastery. And that's still on brand, right? I could go write about it. I could go talk. Like all the different things that I'm involved in, although they're different, the 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 content that I'm delivering is the same. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, like one second, they want to be credit repair experts. The next second, they want to be real estate investors. The next second, they want to be crypto experts. The next second, they want to do stock. And I'm involved in all of those things. Right. But I don't promote <laughs> myself as being an expert in all of those things. Because I'm serious. not. I'm Absolutely. not. Absolutely, man. So you said a lot there in that piece, man. And um, this is the question that I get out of that. So what is next for Rakim Sabri, right? Like what does, you know, <laughs> the, the future hold? Um, what's next? I get that question a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I think my answer is different every time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not, it's not, um, you know, there's certain things that I definitely like they're checklist items that I want to check off the box, but how I go about doing those things change because as much as I have a plan, I guess you can call it. Mm -hmm. I'm also like still going through that self-discovery. Right. So, you know, even though I might have the aptitude to go out and so I'm certified as a financial education instructor, but do I want to go out and teach about financial literacy? You know, maybe not. Right. Um, it's a nice credential to have, especially when I'm going into um, 
you know, working with clients, coaching clients, and they're like, oh, Absolutely. What, what, what credibility do you have? Well, I'm certified to teach this stuff, right? But at the same time, it's like, do I want to sit there and do that? Um, I've really been running with the I Fire My Boss kind of like brand, I guess you can call it, um, or the idea, right? And I realized that by sharing my mission, I'm inspiring a lot of people to inspect their own mental health, their own happiness, their um, their own aspirations and dreams, right? Because there's so many people who, and I witnessed this every day when I was at work, there's so many people who just gave up, yeah. right? Yeah. They're just like, oh, I just got to do this for the family. I just got to do this for, you know, whatever. I got to do this to put money on the table. I got to do this to pay my mortgage. And I think that's the point that resonates with people that I walked away from a high paying job with a mortgage, with, you know, debt, with, without really a plan. And I look at the comments on some of these articles that I published and people are like, well, it looks like, or it sounds like he had the means to do so. And it's like, mm. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not in a position um, financially that makes me feel a little bit more secure than somebody who wasn't saving, investing, paying themselves first, all the things that I talk about. Right. But at the same time, like, do I want to go and dip into my portfolio to live? Right. Do I, like, I am in the, I'm going to be careful with how I say this. I am in the most challenging financial circumstance that I've been in since I started working, right? Um, full transparency. The first time in ever that my account went negative and stayed negative as long as it did, because I just didn't have any liquid cash to cover it. Um, and that's not entirely true. I didn't have any liquid cash in my bank account to cover it. Okay. Um, but I have a six-figure investment portfolio. Right. And so I think the first thing that a lot of people would have done was went and liquidated. And let me tell you why I'm so happy that I did it. When I quit my job, Apple, which I'm heavy on, um, was trading at, I think, 130-ish. Apple is trading right now at 140-ish, 144-ish. My portfolio went up a couple thousand dollars in the month that I've been outside of work. Um, and if I would have just liquidated at that point in time, because I was afraid then I would have missed out on those gains. Right. So it's just like, I don't want to touch that money. Like that money is doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's making me more money. But at the same time, I have to figure out, well, how am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to pay, you know, my car note? How am I going to pay all of these different bills? And that's where financial literacy comes in. Right. So here's a gem. I know that even if I'm late, on paying a, a credit card or whatever, that I have 30 days before they negative report on my um, on the credit report. Gotcha. I have 30 days to, to be late. So yeah, I get hit with a late fee, but so what? I got 30 days before that impacts my almost 800 credit score, right? So I'm not stressing because I'm understanding like how to play this game. Like these bills can wait. Yeah. I'm certainly not liquidating my portfolio to pay somebody <laughs> else, right? Like. I am important. And that's what empowerment is. So I think walking in, walking in my truth and saying, this is everything that I'm teaching you or everything that I'm talking about, right? I have a masterclass about um, improving your money mindset. I wrote this book about financially irresponsible. Everything that I talk about, like now you get to see me walk the walk. I just feel like the universe just threw everything in my face and said, okay, Rakim, 
enough people have been following your journey or following what it is that you're preaching now show them how to do it and that's and that's that's how i feel like in this in this moment so uh what's next for rakim uh looks different like i said depending on who asked me definitely doubling down on the consulting space um more specifically corporate consulting. So I've been uh, networking with some people, especially in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, oh, because I think that there's points of um, points that intersect between financial empowerment and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, doing more public speaking. So going to conferences, I'm speaking at FinCon this year for the first time. It's my first time going, super excited about that. Um, I applied for another TEDx, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but also talking about talking about this experience, right? Why are your employees leaving? Why do your employees not feel fulfilled or satisfied, right? I would not have left my job if my job was investing in my personal brand instead of attacking it, mm. right? So how do I help organizations retain their talent? That's a moneymaker right there. That's huge. Everybody, man, because it's the, it's a great, you know, flight right now, especially for, um, you know, a lot of my circle of, you know, black and, and brown and, you know, just the, the diversity spectrum in, in corporate America, everybody's like fleeing, right? They're looking for right. something else, whether in some cases it may be another company, another opportunity, you know, it's entrepreneurship. I mean, but everybody's looking outward now, you know, um, for-, for And their really they're looking inward. Well, I, yeah, in that, the, that, that, you know, that's what it's coming down to. It's like people are embracing entrepreneurship because last summer was the summer of the side hustle, right? Dude, people are, there was uncertainty. So people had to figure out how to make money. Now they know that they can make money and not be tethered to some office. And so it's just like, well, you know, kick rocks. Like I'm going to go do my own thing. That was my experience, right? I was being, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I was being pushed out, but I was being stalked. Mm. I, I will use that language. My LinkedIn page was being stalked by my manager. And every time I posted some kind of accomplishment, it came up in a meeting. Wow. It's like, oh, you know, what are you doing this thing for? Oh, uh, what's your intention with the company? Oh, like, what's your commitment to being around? Yeah. And I'm like, what I'm doing here has nothing to do with what I'm doing there. Right. Like, you just gave me a performance review and said that I met all of your expectations. What's the issue? Right. Right. And so, um, but at the same time, like if this person is so worried about what Rakim is going to be doing because of the things that I'm sharing, well, maybe Rakim should be doing something different. Right. People are, I mean, I have uh, founders of companies reaching out to me for consulting, like that's exciting. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. how can I, how can I stay in this space? Where they're paying me pennies that somebody will pay me like in a month, right? Like, right, right. But it's 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 betting on you, right? And and I think if there's anything that anybody who watches or listens to this gets from this is that having that supreme confidence in who you are and and willingness to put yourself out there, that that's it. Like you think about anybody who is anybody, and why are they anybody, right? Um, it's because they put themselves out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so with that right there, man, we're going to go ahead and, and, and wrap it up. I just want to say, man, I appreciate you coming on the, the show today. I appreciate your time. 
I appreciate you you sharing your story, your journey, and even just giving some insight and some gems along the way as well. Uh, I hope everybody tuned in. I hope you all got something from this episode, right? So I definitely want you guys to like and subscribe to the Corporatepreneur Podcast. Uh, the visuals will be on Corporatepreneur TV. And most importantly, please follow Rakim Sabri. We got to get him to 10,000, okay? The good, we got to get him to 10,000. It's, you know it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> we got to get him to, to 10,000. So uh, definitely tap in with him, uh, Rakim, at Rakim Sabri on Instagram. Um, and then also, I mean, he's got the book Financially Irresponsible on Amazon as well. And then also, as he mentioned, he's got some mentorships as well. So if you want to plug in more, if you want to learn more, you want that guidance and support, about dealing with the guilt, the different traumas that come with the financial decisions, right? If that's an area that you're struggling, please tap in with him as well. All right. So uh, anything else you want to say in closing, bro? No, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I'm everywhere at Rakim Sabri. Uh, my website is rakimsabri.com. I'm Googleable now. I have a Google mm-hmm. knowledge panel. So you type in Rakim Sabri and Google, my stuff will come up. And, uh, you know, yeah, that, you know, I, I shared my message, my message, I shared my mission. Anybody who's looking to uh, tap in, I'm I'm here. I'm a resource. Awesome. Appreciate it. And until next time, y'all, peace and love. Take care.